Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition, the very, very first one of 2019 of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. Being joined here by my lovely family is... You can see my eager young son is ready to begin his broadcasting career. To my right is uh, my lovely fiance and everything. Jocelyn, welcome back to the show. Thank you. So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Now, how did we spend the New Year? We had a good time. We went and saw the Revolution play. In um, House of Blues, Dallas. It was a lot of fun. And what did we do last year for New Year's Eve? We saw the Revolution in Louisiana. Yeah. I don't remember the name of that town either. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, that makes two years that we have ended and began uh, the year with Prince's former band, The Revolution. Um, As neat as it was to kind of take a road trip last year and go out to nowhere, Louisiana... It was cool because they they came to us, and uh, how cool was that, right? That was fun. I had a good time. And uh, and for us, though, talk a little bit about what it means to you to spend New Year's Eve with the Revolution. Um, well, yeah, definitely the crowd here was more fun, and it was just like, I don't know, felt more like a, a fun concert. Maybe the space had something to do with it. It wasn't so, like, ballroomish. Right, right. The other one was, was very convention center ballroomish. Uh, the smacking noises are courtesy of our son, Miles, again, uh, ready to begin his broadcasting career. You know, a fun fact for you and fun fact for, for people that are listening out there, obviously fans of the show know that I'm a massive Prince fan and the walls in his office are decorated with <laughs> pictures of Prince and the Revolution. Um was his probably his most famous record of course is Purple Rain. Uh, I don't like it when people assume that his career kind of began and ended there and tend to give that a little bit too much attention. But fun fact here is that you know we're in Dallas, Texas and uh, the Purple Rain tour was here on New Year's Eve. Hmm. So in and it actually was part of a four night stand and even they even played on New Year's Day. Like who goes out on New Year's Day, right? <laughs> I think it was the 28th, the 29th. I think they skipped the 30th, and it ended the 31st and the 1st. And that that was how all of that ended. Uh, and before they he started, they started, you know, they went on a European tour and, and began working on, you know, the next record. So, so, uh, so that was good stuff. That that was the the first time that they have played on New Year's Eve in Dallas since 1984. So uh, thirty, uh, like thirty-five years uh, in between. So uh, wow, we were part part of history there. Anyway, got a great show for you. Gigi Arnetta is here. Great actress. You've seen her on the show Veep. Uh, God, what else is she? She's been in everything. She was in Dallas, Veronica Mars, Friday Night Lights. Uh, she has a lot of great stuff coming up that we're excited to, to talk about and, and tell you about some of the great stuff that she's. Uh, got coming, uh, such as like Body Cam, Sons of Thunder, Hulu has a new show called The First with Sean Penn, uh, and actually a sequel to Happy Death Day. <laughs> it's called Happy Death Day 2 for you. 
and we're going to get into all of that uh, again. We welcome you. We hope you had a well. We hope you had a great New Year's Eve as well, Jocelyn. Again, I know that you and I did, and we uh, danced till dawn. With uh, we parted like it was nineteen. We parted like it was two thousand and nineteen with the revolution, <laughs> and then went upstairs to the foundation room there at the House of Blues in downtown Dallas uh, for a great after party. Uh, but you know, I, I mentioned this since you. I think the best party was the party that you and I had in the car on the way home. Yeah, we were listening to all kinds of older songs. Yeah, but, but it, we were just like, hey, turn on some music. Like, we were rocking. Like, we were singing every word. And, like, the whole point was, like, furiously find songs that we knew all the words to that, that fit the mood. I mean, when else would that happen other than on New Year's <laughs> Eve? So that was very special, and I'm grateful to you for that, for that moment. Uh, I'm also grateful for this beer right here in front of me, a great brewery. Uh, how do you say it? Is that Duchette's? Deschutes. Deschutes. Well, I don't, well, let's shoot the sh- let's deschute the shit for a while. <laughs> uh, out of Bend, Oregon, so you know it's probably some some uh, Portland-ish, uh, Portlandia hippies. That probably, uh, people from Bend hate being compared to Portland, so I apologize. So it's Deschutes. Well, why don't we deschute the shit for a few minutes and enjoy this obsidian stout, which sounds like something a Viking would drink out of a horn, like mead. What, what are your thoughts? Drink up. That's what I'm saying. So excuse me while I pop that bottle here and cheers to you. We hope you're, we hope you're starting off the new year right. Uh, maybe not with some deschute, uh, but but hopefully. Um, and again, we hope that uh, we, we always know that uh, January can always be kind of uh, kind of like, oh man, I got to get this thing started. So we hope that uh, we started your year off great. Um, wanted to tell everybody that uh, you can find me. Uh, I'm headed out to Las Vegas tomorrow to be part of the Internet Expo. Uh, Going to be there uh, doing the show there in Las Vegas at the Hard Rock. Uh, hotel. I also you also will be able to come up and meet my alter ego, DJ Tricky Kid. Uh, I'll be DJing the uh, the Bean Sprouts as well as the Libsyn parties, and we'll be doing the show live from the expo floor. Of course, AVN is coming in right after that, and uh, so Hard Rock is going to be in a crazy, insane place, uh, and it'll be awesome. Uh, so please come say hello if you happen to be part of the Internet Expo. Uh, and we thank all of our great affiliates uh, that we get to actually meet your faces in person. Um, number one of them, uh, we want to thank the people from Belvita, and we'll get into a lot of our sponsors here in a little bit. Jocelyn, you you played a rock show uh, last night. A uh, lot, <laughs> lot more appearances, by the way, coming up, and we'll get into all that here in just a little bit. But uh, you uh, got, got your groove on uh, last night and got many more to go. Why don't you tell the fine folks about what you've been up to? Uh, the rock show I was playing in quote in quotes. Um, it was uh, Beethoven Third Symphony with the last night was Symphony Arlington. So we have two more shows, two okay. more concerts. Okay, <laughs> and and so this is in the this is in the Dallas Fort Worth area, by the way. And so where can they find you tomorrow night and the night after that? Um, well, Friday nights are in Garland, always in Garland. Friday nights and Saturday night is in Las Colinas at the Irving Arts Center. So, and tickets are still available, or is it sold out? Yeah, definitely. There are some tickets available. Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's a hot ticket. 
Uh, I saw this show and it's fantastic. Talk a little bit about that because I know that that you know uh, you being playing with you know the the the, the Lost Colina Symphony and the uh, and all the great you know shows around her. I'm I'm cross your fingers, ladies and gentlemen. I want her to play with the Who when they come to Dallas in September with the symphony. Uh, I would do anything to see you up there, and it could happen. This isn't a pipe dream. You've done big shows before. You played with Wyclef. You played with Amy Grant. You've turned down bigger gigs than this. <laughs> uh, but talk a little bit about. Uh, I know that this one was special to you because that actual piece means a little something. So for those that may not be that familiar, talk a little bit about that piece and why it, what it means to you. Uh, it's a great piece. It's Beethoven's Third Symphony. Um, that was the finale of the whole concert it was probably one of my favorites favorite symphonies um but not only that we played the concerto de aranjas by joaquin rodrigo um that's also one say of my that favorites. three times fast i know <laughs> i can't do it very well but that's also one of my favorites it's a guitar concerto and it was played beautifully by the soloist and, and you, you remember jacob his name Cor jacob cordover Jacob Corduroy? Um, Cordover. Co Co Cordover? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we, we we'll have to plug him. Look up. Is he local? Or, or I, know, I know he was. Was he Spanish? I think he is from Spain. Because <laughs> you guys had a a, uh, a guest um, conductor, right? And he was also from Spain. That's right. And I loved how he insisted on playing the notes uh, for... Uh, Playing the note, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, telling the audience the notes about the symphony. Yeah. In very broken uh, English, but here's the deal: anybody complain about that? Hey, you get up there and try to do it in Spanish, okay? Mm -hmm. I understood what he was saying, and he was pulling it off, and good for him for doing so. So, I thought it was wonderful, and uh, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't, I guess you should have prepared me for the guitarness there. Oh yeah, no, that was a surprise treat. <laughs> Uh, speaking of surprise treats and, and guitar, uh, so after Vegas and the insanity, uh, you can find us as part of the NAM show, uh, Tricky Kid Radio and TrickyKid.com. We're headed back to NAM, friends. It's our first time at NAM. Uh, gosh, I think since 2011, I think. It might be 2012. It's been a minute, trust me. Uh, but we're going to be down there. We'll be part of uh, Dime, ba uh. Dime Bash. Are you going to go to Dime Bash with me, Miles? <laughs> of course, uh, to honor the late, great Dime Bag Daryl, a uh, friend of ours, a friend of the show, of course, growing up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He was a friend to all. And uh, his widow, Rita Haney, uh, throws this great benefit every year. They do one here called Ride for Dime. It's more like a motor motorcycle uh, uh, thing. And uh, but now this is going to be pretty awesome. Great lineup: Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters and Nirvana, Dave Lombardo from Slayer, uh, of course Doug Pinnock, my man Doug Pinnock from King's X, uh, and many, many, many others. Uh, speaking of Doug Pinnock, uh, of course we'll be there all week at NAM, and then on Saturday night we'll be part of the Ultimate Jam Night, and the lineup is too insane to mention. But I want to mention one thing. And, Jossie, I wanted to tell you this, too, was as part of the Ultimate Jam, which is kind of like a musician's musician type kind of thing, like like if, like if the members of Rush were there, it would be complete, right? Because it's like all the like the greatest players, the best bass, the bass 
bass players, guitarists, all that stuff. And those tends, those people kind of tend to be like part of the prog rock world, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my very, very first concert ever was in September of 1986 at the Barton Coliseum in Little Rock, Arkansas. And, of course, me being a massive Van Halen fan, this was David Lee Roth's first solo tour as part of his new album, Eat em and Smile. And his band was the greatest shit ever. It was Steve Vai on guitar, Billy Sheehan on bass, and Greg Bissonette on drums. And all three of those dudes are going to be at Ultimate Jam. Uh, God, what would happen if David Lee... Fun fact, they tried to actually reform the Eat em and Smile lineup just about a, not that long ago, just like about a year and a half ago and do like some surprise gig. And they didn't. They underestimated uh, the turnout. And so many people showed up that the, the venue said, we can't hold this, and they couldn't hold the show. Wow. It was like Beatlemania. <laughs> well, anyway, so that would be amazing if David Lee, I know that there's some rumors going around in the Van Halen camp, so him doing that could potentially put the kibosh on that, so I'm not holding my breath. Unlike Eddie Trunk, I actually speak the truth on this show and don't try to inflate that I know anymore. And let me say that to you right now. I never... I don't view Eddie Trunk as any sort of competition. He's a nice guy, whatever. But he is not the ambassador of metal. He certainly doesn't doesn't represent me. And I know he tries to float on what he thinks he knows. Trust me, Eddie Trunk doesn't know any more about the current state of Van Halen than any of you out there listening. He doesn't know any more about the current state of what's happened with Van Halen than Miles does. Okay? Uh, And so I know he would like for you to think otherwise, but unfortunately that's just how it is. Um, and I take exception to something that he said, how he didn't bother to make a top 10 year-end list, uh, because he deemed that there wasn't enough things worth mentioning. So is this who you've chosen to be your ambassador of metal? I got two words for you, motherfucker. Judas fucking priest. Okay. Uh, who came out with Firepower in 2018. Probably their best record in, in 30 years. So so there you have it. Anyway, um, but moving on to a more positive thing. Here's a fun fact for you. That David Lee Roth show in 86, guess who opened? Cinderella on their first tour. Fred Curry, the drummer from Cinderella, will also be at the Ultimate Jam Featuring full sets from Flotsam and Jetsam, Mark Mendoza, the suite is going to be there. We're going to get our ballroom blitz on. Wow. And uh, 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 so that's going to be a really, 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 really good time. Uh. Uh, before I bring uh, Gigi on, Miles, do you have something to say there, buddy? <laughs> Well, I want to remind everybody where you can find us. If you haven't already subscribed, check it out, man. Go into iTunes. Type in Tricky Kid Radio. Subscribe. It's free. You'll get shows just like this each and every single week. Uh, It's free. It'll pop up right in your iTunes. And we're across every board, man. Spotify, Player FM. We're on Google Play now. You can get us in the Google Play Store. Uh, We're on... Everywhere, Feedburn, Stitcher, the whole nine, and Android users, we have you've not been for a second. Like I said, we're on the Google Play Store, and just type it in on Google, and it'll come up, and there'll be an Android capable format. Um, find us on Facebook at Tricky Kid and the uh, uh, Tricky Radio Podcast. We're on Twitter under Tricky Kid Number Two. I'm on Instagram under DJ Tricky Kid. Where can they find you there, Miss Violinist? <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> J-O-C-E-I-6. 
The number six. Ooh, six, six, six. Or just Ooh, one six? Just one. Just one. Okay. It's a very potent one. Uh, that's all you need, right? Okay. <laughs> so again, uh, I also wanted to mention one other thing. Also wanted to plug one other thing here. Uh, a longtime friend of ours and a member of this family is uh, our man, Dwayne Deering. Uh, who took off for for Chicago quite a few years ago to follow his passion. Uh, I mentioned that we have our special guest is Gigi Arnetta, who is actually a Second City alumni. Of course, you know, Second City is this uh, a, a great um, kind of incubator there of great talent uh, that has spawned so many greats that, that we enjoy. And uh, Dwayne's always been a great actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's just a naturally funny, talented guy. And he followed his passion, went to Chicago. I bet he's freezing his ass off right now. Uh, but hey, man, it paid off. He's got a show. He's got his. Uh, it plays at Judy's Beat Lounge there. It's at 230 West North Avenue in Chicago. Uh, their box office number is 312-337-3992. Again, the show is called Illinois. Get it? Chicago. Uh, it says, everyone's a stranger in a strange land in Illinois. Uh, my, my man Dwayne, he spins a variety show of plates that includes original characters, musical stylings, true tales of Chicago life, and straight-up buffoonery. Definitely sounds like the Dwayne that I know. From politics to religion, from love and humility to titles and identity, Illinois Noy takes a peek at humanity and remains skeptical. Uh, it's directed by Tim Sosko. It's a great show. Uh, check it out. We're very proud of Dwayne. Uh, and... Uh, before we bring you against a, a former Second City alumni, Gigi Ernetta, I wanted to talk about these trip. And I f hate the 90s. When I say like the cranberries, but like I've listened to like early 90s anthrax, a lot of Luscious Jackson. You know, there was some good stuff there. Uh, have you been on a 90s kick lately as well? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing to satisfy your 90s cravings? Well, you've kind of helped it out um, with your knowledge of everything. Thank Musical. You. Thank you. Um, Musical. That is how you. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you do have some limitations, only a little bit, but some good stuff. Well, I think it's good because it's nostalgic to me. Like, what did we listen to? The we other had day? the full on like. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, but I don't need like I I can listen to that stuff all the time. What what you're referring to is when we were listening to Heavy D and the Boys. Um, right, like that amazing middle school stuff. <laughs> right, that late eighties, early nineties hip hop, which is the bet, the golden era. We listened to, of course, uh, uh, Rob Bass and uh, the uh, It Takes Two, Heavy D and the Boys. <laughs> uh, now that we found love, what are we gonna do? And of course, uh, I said uh, it's Teddy, ready with the one two checker. Rex is in effect to check, but on the wrecker. Well, this is a little bit later. Uh, I think I want to say like mid to late 90s. There was this band called Biz. Uh, B-I-S. Also on the Grand Royal label. You know, we've listened to a lot of Beastie Boys. Yeah, and, of course, yes. Mike D had his own label for a while. And the, the first artist, of course, was Luscious Jackson. And who else have we listened to a lot? Chibomato. Oh. Also on Grand Royal. Here's a former Grand Royal alumni called Biz, and they've announced their first album in five years, and the first single off of it is called Sound of a Heartbreak, and this shit is super catchy. Check it out, and we'll be right back with Gigi Arnetta. <laughs> No 
foundations to shake my earth is hard and unfamiliar. It's the moments we make, legitimate mistakes. Every sound is the sound of a heartbreak. What's up? This is the infamous serial wax killer, Beastie Boys DJ Assassin, Mix Master Mike, and you're tuned into my man DJ Tricky Kid. Don't be a clown, don't sleep. Check it out, y'all. It's Gigi Arnetta. Gigi, welcome to Tricky Kid Radio. Thank you for having me, although veteran man, that makes me sound ancient. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the newest starlet in Hollywood is Gigi Arnetta. She's go. just the he's youngest, a rookie. The youngest for a few years now. <laughs> That's right. She's just starting out, no. and she already has like three hundred credits. And uh, there you go. I'm everybody's booking. 
102, but I look really, really good for my age. <laughs> so oh. there you go. Well, I I will definitely will second that. You have uh, have have long been considered one of people's uh, beautiful people uh, throughout the years, and uh, um, I know you've got a lot going on right now. We were we were talking a little bit. Uh, so you got a movie coming up called Happy Death Day Two. It's a sequel to, of yes, course, the original um, Happy Death Day. <laughs> It, it's crazy because it when I first got it, it was called Half to Death, and it was the first one. And I, you know, read kind of more like a thriller, and I was excited about it. And then I find out, oh, it's called Happy Death Day. And for people that know my work, I used to do a lot of horror film when I was younger. And then um, I pretty much took a hard right and stopped doing, you know, heavy duty dark stuff, you know, like killing and whatever. <laughs> right. Kind of switched gears. And so it's kind of funny. My friends are all laughing, <clears throat> excuse me, laughing hysterically at me because they know I won't openly go and chase down anything that's called Happy Death Day. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was it was kind of a hoot that. The billboards came out, you know, and everybody's taking pictures in front of them and my name's all over it. And they're all laughing hysterically because they know that they know the story, the backstory on that. So I was um, actually in L.A. last year. My agent reached out to me and said, hey, they they've called me. They want you to um, they want to know if you're available for the sequel. And I said, yes. And I was, of course, laughing and crying hysterically because in the background <laughs> I can just hear my friends, you know, enjoying that. They got a kick out of that. So right. it's now, I think it's now been called Happy Death Day for you, the number four and the letter U. But um, yeah, when we were filming, it was called Happy Death Day 2, which is basically <laughs> what it is. It's the sequel. So and what if you, you saw the first one, yeah. this one's going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you think your friends are going to say this time? Oh, they're gonna they're still gonna laugh at me because they know they know my background they know how I'm uh, now I'm walking with God and and it's kind of entertaining but listen you know God makes his people the light and brings them into the darkness so this this qualifies <laughs> <laughs> well I mean it'll be fun just the same right oh it's a blast um the people on it were so nice I love the director and the the if I was I was fortunate enough to be when I was filming there to work with uh, they were doing the stunt sequences, which I won't tell anybody because then it would, you know, be a spoiler alert. Right, but, right. Um, I got to work on a night where they were doing the stunt sequence, and I do stunts on the side too. But the girl who did it just had this massive stunt. It was so much fun because I had seen her work from the, you know, original Happy Death Day. So I got to talk to her and, you know, ask her about her rig and everything she did. And it was just, uh, the audience was just going to love, there was so much action in it. They're just going to love it. That's so. amazing. So you do your own stunts. Uh, a lot of times I do. I haven't done one in a movie lately, uh, but I've done a lot of stuff for Sci-Fi Channel. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've done everything from jumping into frigid water to um, rappelling, you know, rappelling down ceilings and That's uh, awesome. running from stuff and running from explosions that was probably the most fun i had yeah <laughs> i was going to ask like you that. i was going to ask you sort. what <laughs> i was going to ask you what what is the most memorable uh stunt that you performed and 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 when was it and on what set was it um i don't remember the exact year but the one that um i guess freaked me out the most because i you know i love doing this but i guess it was when they said it was on fire from below kevin sorbo started that and we were shooting in French Lake, Indiana, <laughs> um, and which I had never been to before, so that was fun. I can't imagine. And, <laughs> and as most and as most 
uh, basketball fans know that's Larry Bird's like hometown. That's right. That's right. Just a little piece of a ATM useless information, but uh, yeah. So that was um, that was interesting. They had us go down to the bottom of a cave, and it was snowing outside. So you can imagine how cold that is. And we God. were to jump in this water and stay under it. We were diving like in sequence, so it was like one person went at the next person, the next person, and then I was the last person to jump in the water, and we had to go under the water for a certain amount of time because there was a fake fireball coming oh. above the water, which, you know, they put in later, but we all had to be under at the same time, and, you know, I don't know if it was just not well thought out or what, but, you know, once I got into the water, I realized I couldn't really see very well, <laughs> I had to <laughs> guess how long we were all under there before we came up. It was kind of a challenge, but the the really hard part was coming out of the water because we had, I think they said 12 minutes to get out of the water and get to the top of the cave. And we had to go by like a golf cart to get to the bottom of it before we would, you know, have hypothermia. Yeah. And then I had to get under um, heaters and warm up fast enough to where my body would, you know, respond right. So, so how, that, how, how long total were you under the water? I was only under the water, I don't know, less, probably less than a minute. Well, yeah, but tw- um, twenty seconds can be deadly if if it's a, if it's a, you know if it's cold right. enough. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it was the combination of the water with the weather that yeah. was really brutal. And I remember them going upstairs and trying to dry me off with like hair dryers and like the hand blowers and the you know in the, in the bathrooms when they you like pull it. <laughs> it was like going under. <laughs> just what can we do to hurry up? And um, and I luckily I wore a diving suit under my clothes. I had one of those very thin you know. Uh, diving suits but my one of my co-stars he he was marine and he was like i can take it (laughs) (laughs) and i'll never forget it he jumped in without it and boy did he regret that so so that was probably the one that i was most impacted by because i knew there was we had a time limit and everything and that was fun but we got it right yeah we didn't have to do a retake it was a one take wonder and um, everybody was really happy about that well i would imagine having, having to do it twice especially the uh the takeaway from that is uh, any sort of like male uh, macho, uh, uh, you know, facade. There, uh, there's it's kind of yeah. a, kind of a poetic <laughs> I justice can't there. The words I heard. Which is <laughs> well, you got a lot coming up. I mean, you also uh, <laughs> talk to me about body cam. Yeah, body cam. Um, it originally started. I I do a lot of news reporter and news anchor roles. It's uh, I worked in the news briefly, and it seems to keep coming back around, which I like it because it's simple for me, and I'm I seem to be semi important in these projects because they always need information. So that one started off as a smaller part, and then um, I got to the set, and they ended up adding several pages of dialogue. So I'm kind of spread out all throughout the movie, as far as I can tell. You know, when everything gets edited. Right. Then you really know how much of you is left, but that um, that's that was interesting. We actually shot that in New Orleans, in um, I think it's KNCO, I think that's how or KCNO. Uh, it was an actual news facility down there, so that was that was fun. Um, well, what I body think, cam's yeah. interesting, and I'm not going to go into it too much again. Spoiler alert. Of course, of course. But when I think uh, of body cam, though, I mean, obviously, the, the first thing I think about is. You know, obviously, we, it is a crazy time right now. We think about a lot of mm-hmm. the injustices uh, with, with, with the police, and we think about them being forced to wear body cams to kind of police themselves. So that's kind of that, that's kind of the, 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 the first thing that I would think of. And so 
I'm excited because it sounds like, hey, maybe this could be something that can kind of maybe shine a little bit of a light on that. Can you give us any bit more about that? I mean, I can tell you that uh, what you think you see on body cam and what really is on body cam will perhaps be different. (laughs) (laughs) There's a mystery behind it. I can tell you that much. And also, John Ridley um, was actually the executive producer on that. And he did American Crime here uh, in Austin. When it was in town for ABC, if you don't know his work, he's of course, always known for sure. For, yeah, he's a, he's a he's just really good. So he was behind the project, and um, yeah, it was it was fun. And um, probably the most fun I had last year though was on Veep. I have to admit, I just loved going back to that set and working. So I did a few episodes of Veep, and uh, they they challenged me and i really enjoyed it why i love doing comedy yeah i just but they oh they're just so awesome when you're working with people that are so good at comedy and the writers are amazing on v they really are and they change things sometimes they they like hear it and they're like oh but we want another option and frankly i don't know what any of it looks like yet because again everything gets cut down you know, whittle down and, and they play with it. But I, I expect some really good things in season seven. I really do. Uh, they just, they were so much fun. They just changed things and they're like, well, let's try it like this. And it's a surprise. And I remember one of the episodes I did, they gave me like this massive tongue twister. <laughs> so I was praying, praying I could get it all out of my mouth. <laughs> and there was a lot, of, and we were all, uh, there was a lot of movement in that one too. So I had to, Walk, talk, chew gun, gum, and also do a tongue twister. Most challenging. So. <laughs> well, for yeah, our... so that was the most fun, though, probably. Well, for our listeners, because we were—I was going to mm-hmm. save Veep for, for for the end, but that we have our own editing magic as well, so we will fix that. But I—I uh, I was going to ask. So, for our listeners, tell them which character that you play. We're big fans of Veep, so I already know this, but I have to ask questions sometimes that I already know the answers to. So, mm-hmm. uh, tell our listeners. Who, what role you play on Veep, and also tell them when was the last time you were on Veep before coming back this most recent season? Okay, I my character's name is Joe Joe Weaver, which is kind of funny because my name is Gigi, so I got a kick out of that. <laughs> um, and I am in season seven, so you guys would not have seen it yet. I'm in three episodes of that, and I work directly with. Sam Richardson's character, which is Richard Splett, if you for those who follow the show, and that's pretty much what I can tell you. Gotcha. Uh, and he's freaking hysterical. <laughs> but I'm also on NDA for storyline, so I can't go any of further course. than that. I think those are all legit things I can talk about. But yeah, I'm season seven. Um, they wrapped the last episode just last month, and yeah i can't go into too much detail but you you if you follow veep you'll know that it was the farewell episode which makes makes everybody cry well so. that that i yeah. so we're big we're big big fans there so we're excited to see you come back because me personally i love your character on that show and i love the 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 chemistry that you guys have together it really really makes it so and i guess they, they thought so too because they brought you back right I am not complaining. (laughs) More than anything, I think the most rewarding thing is being on the set with other Second City people. I studied at Second City LA um, many years ago, and I was really, really super blessed. They have a a good institution there, and I was on the set with a lot of people that had been through the Second City Chicago. Uh, I don't know if there was anyone from Canada there, um, but I know that, that there were Second City people there, and they were like the 
uh, master's PhD level second city. And I, I just kind of sat there and went, well, I guess I went to the junior college version, <laughs> but they, they were just masters of what they did. So that's yeah, wonderful. Got a friend of mine, good friend of ours, a uh, longtime friend. His name is uh, shout out to Dwayne Deering. He's a member of our family and he's actually currently uh, in second city in Chicago right now. And he has his first show coming up in a couple of weeks that we'll be talking about on the show and, and having our listeners to have links where they can check that out. So it's great to have. Oh, tell them I said congratulations because that's a big deal. So I will for sure. And it's always great to have Second City alumni uh, here on the show. Um, so I wanted to get a couple more things coming. Like I said, like I said, for your first year in Hollywood, Gigi, you're really in demand here. <laughs> you're funny. Uh, My mom would, would kill you if she heard that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. no, well, you know, I started when I was really young. I started when I was eight. Um, I was performing. Uh, I was scooped up by the Houston Ballet Company, and they put me in the Nutcracker, and I did, I think it was like 16 performances of that at, at eight years old, and I was sold at that point. I was like, okay, now I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Well, I kind of knew sort of what I needed to do, but um, I started performing, and I did my first union commercial when I was 15 years old. Wow. So, yeah, so that was for McDonald's, and I did it in English, and I did it in Spanish, and it was so easy for me, and I just loved it, and I just pursued it, and ended up getting a film degree at, at the University of Texas, and kind of did it you know, in conjunction with production work for a while and then finally said, you know, I'm going to do this full time and ended up going back, going to Hollywood and doing my thing. Well, so when, so when did you, when did you feel like, I mean, like, like, like if you hadn't have done this, what would it would have been plan B there? Like, you know, was your parents trying to prepare (laughs) you for plan B? (laughs) Well, you know, I I don't know if there was a plan B because it was kind of, for me there, I had actually um, Ian, I can't remember his last name now, forgive me, from Melrose. He's in Sharknado right, all right. the time. Uh, he actually, I met him at a, I was at a Sky Bar party, and he actually came up to me and asked me that. He goes, what's your plan B? And I was like, uh, I don't really have a plan B. And he kind of like wagged his finger at me and said, and at the time he, he wasn't on a show. So it was kind of funny if he was wagging his finger at me. <laughs> uh, and he said his, and ironically, he told me that his dad, and you could say that it's a made-up story but this was before sharknado he and, told me his backup our listeners, was, was listeners, marine biology oh <laughs> and i thought that was funny like you know i see i see him on sharknado i'm going well maybe there was a little truth in that comment i thought he was just giving me a hard time just razzing me <laughs> but yeah no i guess he must know something he's coming out of a shark with a chain sh- a chainsaw so i guess he knows something and... something about that but yeah so i didn't have a plan b I, I mean i in my heart i really wanted to uh help people heal and i thought i would maybe be a doctor and um that didn't work out well so i went to <laughs> i went to the university of texas medical center i was serious about it you know i was doing my acting i was in drama i was doing all that stuff but i wanted to pursue a degree that would you know I knew it would be a long time if I became a doctor because, you know, you'd go in through all the different levels of interning and whatnot. But I went, it it died right away. It died for me when I had to go into the UT Medical Center and go downstairs where they had the cadavers. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I found out I was going to have to cut things. And, I mean, they were whipping hearts out and lungs and sticking them in everybody's face just to see, like, who would react or throw up, I guess. But none of that phased me. I was really good with all that, but I was like, wow. 
looking over and seeing all the tools and they had saws and all these other things. And I went, you know, I asked them, what are, what's all that for? And they're like, oh, that's what you, you cut through the bones with and all that. I said, yeah, you know what? This isn't for me. And it wasn't <laughs> like I was sick by it. I just was like, I'm not going to cut into another human being with, with tools. That's where I draw the line. And I guess if you're going to be a doctor, you kind of have to go through that part. Right. Right. So that was it for me. So I ended up playing um, a doctor on Dallas and that was kind of my compromise. There you go. Well, okay, so so that's really cool though, because <laughs> because you went from, you know, maybe your your parents and everybody else were wanting you to be a doctor. You were wanting to be uh, a actress now. And now, did you grow up in Texas? Did you do you? There seems to be a lot of Texas connection here for you. Yeah. No. I I was um, I was born in New York, but right. my family moved me down to Texas when I was eight. Okay. I went to high school in Texas. I went to college in Texas, That's and right. then I left for LA. So yes, there's definitely a Texas connection. So you in... went from from maybe being a doctor to playing a doctor on the most famous show in the history of Texas, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so I kind of got the best of both worlds because my plan one was actress, my plan B was doctor. So it worked out in order. You did it. <laughs> there you go. Right. So now all I need is a ER type show series regular and then yeah. you would have mastered it. Right. So, yeah. So I went from uh, from UT. I ended up there was a few things in between, but I ended up working um, at NASA. I worked in their public affairs office and then worked for Space Station. And no, I was not a rocket scientist. <laughs> I ended up doing a film production kind of work for them and then went to Hollywood to pursue my acting full time. There were a few things in between, but that was that. And then in 2012, I ended up uh, getting remarried and uh, I married a cowboy. And that is why I am back in Texas part of the time. A, a Dallas cowboy? No, a, a cowboy with cows. Like we actually have A cattle. real, see, exactly. <laughs> like a real, yeah. We really Although, have them here in Texas, folks. Those that are listening, we really are <laughs> things like cows, not just a football player. <laughs> we have, yes, we have cattle and we have chickens and a farm. So that's kind of, this is like the escape, you know, right. the great escape. I do that and then I'm pretty much mobile after that because even though most most of the time people would think, oh, you're going to go to L.A. and do everything, or you're going to go to New York, which I've done both, but it's uh, very spread out now. You, there's a lot of work in Louisiana. There's a lot of work in Atlanta. Right. There's a lot of work. In, now there's going to be a lot of work in New Mexico, which there was some, but I guess Netflix bought the studios there, and they're going to just grind out a ton of stuff this year in 2019 right, in right. New Mexico and Albuquerque. So. You know, uh, it's really important for actors to just be mobile. Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. Where it was used to, it had to be you either had to go to L.A. or New York. I, my, my background is in the music industry, and so at one point I had to do that, make that decision, and I ended up in New York, and I was there for about eight or nine years myself. And now, uh, because of, I guess, just you know, technology and and convenience, uh, it's so cool that you don't have to just completely. Um, you know, go to one area. You can have your life in Texas with you know the, the with the, with the, with the cows and the chickens, and and obviously <laughs> stay very 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 busy. You've even got more projects. You've got uh, you've got Sons of Thunder also coming up. Is that right? Yes, that's coming out. That's a new Pure Flix show. They have their new. They have a new channel that they are premiering this show on. I think they might have another one other show 
that's either come out or is coming out soon right before Sons of Thunder. So I'm ble- but I play a rancher on that, so that was a stretch for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was fun. And um, I think there's possibility if they go, <clears throat> excuse me, if they go into season two, I will probably have a, a revisit of that. Okay. Cool. And um, also on the first. On Hulu. Yep, on Hulu with Sean Penn and uh, that that show. If you know anything about it, I guess I can talk about it now because it's already out. But yeah. it's the first, you know, manned mission to Mars, and we're waiting to see if there's a season two. Which we were told there is a season two, but I haven't seen it manifest yet. And I'll be going back for that as well. So that could be fun. A lot of fun. And we fun. shot that in we shot that in um, Louisiana. Does it? Does Sean, Sean Penn lives in in New Orleans, doesn't he? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Well, I know. I remember. Does he? Well, I remember Nobody at, told me that. Well, I know after Katrina uh, had happened, uh, I remember that he went down there and was very active. And from what I understand, I, I'm not sure he ever actually left. I, and and a lot of people live down there. You know, of course, you know Brad Pitt lived uh, lived down there for a very long time, and uh, and, lo- and a lot of actors have a lot of uh, a lot of residences down there because. Uh, they love it, and then there's so much, there's so much, you know, shooting and and work down there. Um, I I've had friends, you know, people. There's something about that city too. I've I've had friends from all over the world that have visited New Orleans just a handful of times and ended up moving there because they love it so much. There's just something. There's something very magical about that city. For me, I've had nothing but bad luck there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's terrible. I, I know. I know. Right. I'm waiting for that magical. You know New Orleans uh, experience. I, I need somebody. You know? Do you know Laura Cayuette? Do you know her? I do not. She is. Uh, you know how people that are kind of like people from Texas, people from uh-huh. New Orleans are very, very proud. Have a lot of lot of pride in their city. And um, she has worked with, uh, with 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 John Schneider, and she worked with Barry, and uh, she's been in a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies, and. She has, a, she has a great uh, kind of like mystery series called Charlotte Reed. It kind of kind of reads almost kind of like a tour of New Orleans. Anyway, we had her on the show. I need I need Laura to take me to New Orleans and just because I love all the food and you know and the the pageantry and the music. I just I don't know why, man. I just I've, it's always it has escaped me every time I've been there. So uh, <laughs> well, you'll have to go back for Mardi Gras because you know. Yeah, That's you know, and, and they just announced today. Uh, I've always wanted to go to the jazz festival, and the Rolling Stones are going to be playing the what? jazz festival this year. So it might get me back down there, down there to give it one more try. One of my best friends, like I said, he he uh, he born and bred. You know, people also from Jersey have got a lot of Jersey pride. He gave up. The, I mean, this guy like is so Jersey. I've never seen him not wearing denim. That's how Jersey he is, right? Okay, but folks. Yeah. <laughs> the two, two drink minimum. No. Uh, right, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> amateur night here at the Apollo. But I, uh, but he gave up all of the Jerseyness and took it to New Orleans. So I may have to give New Orleans another swing here this year. So that's a goal for, for, for me here. Now, uh, one last thing. Uh, do you, uh, while, had you worked with Sean Penn before, or was it your first time? It was my first time, and pretty much I was a silent observer because he's so intense. Yeah. Uh, my the scene that when I was working, he was doing a different set of scenes. They were we were actually trying to play catch up, and we were filming two you know two camera crews, 
So I, when I was done, I went in there to, you know, watch him do his thing. But, yeah, he's super intense. I'm hoping that the next season I'll actually have some interaction with him. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Gigi... But he's in Syria, I think. Oh, yeah, or he yeah. was in Syria doing some documentary. So he really, he, boy, he goes out there, doesn't he? He goes out on a limb. Well, you know, and I think that's really cool that how he's kind of like, uh, you know, he may not really be known for his sense of humor, but <laughs> but the philanthropy and just the, the, the work that he puts in to really uh, shine a light uh, to, to help people, I think, is, is, is wonderful. I remember one year I was at Coachella. I think this was right after, right when Katrina had hit. And he was there speaking, gathering people like like the minute this concert is over, I have a bus waiting for you. Just follow me to the bus. We'll all go to New Orleans together, and we'll 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 take care of this shit together. And I know people that that, that went that said, "All right, let's do it," you know. And uh, wow. so I think that's um, it's it's amazing to to, to see it, uh, you know, in action. I, I've. I've never had any real interaction with Sean either, but I, I know a lot of people that have and, and have said the same thing that you've had, that it's it's as, pretty much as intense yeah. as it gets. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to really just pull him aside and ask him about El Chapo. I'm still fascinated by how he made that happen. Oh, I know. So maybe someday I'll actually find out. I just want to interview him and say, hey, <laughs> what happened? How did you really pull it off? But, or um, you could just, yeah. I mean, you have a lot of experience with being a reporter, just disguise yourself and uh, <laughs> there you go. And right? jump well, into it. Hey, I'm not complaining. If, if being a reporter is what gets me my own series, I'm all aboard that train. Well, I think you deserve it. Again, Gigi, I, I, an amazing career. I look so forward to seeing all this great stuff you got coming up this year. Uh, again, come on, man. Veep, Happy Death Day, the sequel body cam sons of thunder and check out the first on hulu gg thank you so much for joining us today we've thoroughly enjoyed having you and again hopefully i will see you down there in austin uh on february 21st our good friend john schneider is going to be giving a concert down there at uh, new republic studios and i hope that you'll make it and uh we can we can pick this up in person sounds like a plan Thank you, Gigi. I really appreciate it. All right. See you soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Love that show. And I love her character on the show, so it's cool to see her back on. What what show are you talking about? The Veep. <laughs> I think it's just called Veep. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have mom brain. I call things differently <laughs> these days. That's fine. I love Veep too, and I love seeing that her character's back on that as well. So, yeah. I mean, I saw her also on the, um, I think it's called The First, that show right. with Sean Penn. Right. Um, that's a good one too. So, hopefully, it'll get picked up for a second season. I'd like to see it again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're, we're fingers crossed because I, I remember we watched that and I enjoyed that. And she's got like so much uh, coming up. Uh, like you heard her talking about again, like all knowing just V, but Happy Death Day 2 for you, uh, Body Cam, Sons of Thunder, and of course the first. Uh, and again, want to thank not only all our guests, but also want to thank all of our sponsors as well. Uh, again, want to thank Belvita for being a, a great sponsor of this show. Check out their snacks uh we love good belly probiotics uh it's for great digestion uh very grateful for their sponsorship uh and again uh we also want to thank theo garza he is the tech savvy tutor 
give Theo a freaking call, man. He's the man. He knows what he's doing. He'll get you all squared away uh, and kind of bring you into the 21st century with all the technology here. And we'll have links to all of this on our website. Uh, again, Happy New Year, everybody. We're, we have a great year ahead of us. we got so much coming up. Like I said, uh, come find us in Las Vegas uh, for AVN, Internet Expo, uh, so much going on there. My alter ego, DJ Tricky Kid. Then you can find us in Los Angeles or actually in Anaheim at uh, at, the, at NAM as part of Dime Bash and Ultimate Jam. We have, uh, of course, another little, some projects you'll be hearing us talking about pretty soon. Uh, we'll be working on down there. Um, so much going on. We have, again, links to all this. Follow us on social media, on Instagram. Facebook and Twitter uh, and subscribe to the show, man. Come join the party. Let us know who you'd like to see. Uh, drop us a line uh, and uh, at our website on trickykid.com where you can see more pictures of everything we're talking about. You'll see more pictures about of Gigi, links to her work and all her stuff she's got coming up. And again, we just thank you for being part of this. We enjoy it. Uh, so, hey, we'll see you in Vegas. We'll be doing it live from the Hard Rock Hotel uh, there. Uh, and it's going to be a great time. So, uh, again, for my family and for my guests, I'm your host as always, Roy Turner. And we will see you next week. <laughs>